Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. People speak of having transcendent moments, moments where the event that occurred is so extraordinary that they describe them as being uh, out-of-body experiences or experiences beyond the normative of their uh, daily or worldly lives. Psychologists have, uh, secular psychologists, have tried to describe these moments. And uh, in speaking to a psychologist once, he mentioned that one of these transcendent experiences is when you hit the perfect golf shot and it goes perfectly and uh, that somehow elevated them into another state. They felt entirely different because normatively they couldn't do that. But mostly when we speak about transcendent experiences in the spiritual realm, we talk about having a moment that is substantially different than the other moments that we have. Having a moment that transcends what seems to be the normative occurrences in our existence. A moment that somehow took off and left the plane that we were playing on and left all of the attachments on that plane. In other words, it went beyond. And we somehow left and left with it. We were no longer pulled into the baseness of whatever it is that we usually deal with. Somehow we transcended that base nature. Now, to, to, to get this, we have to understand that we are capable of being more than we are, and that there are moments in our existence when we are more than we are. And we also have to understand that these moments when we are more than we usually are can be expanded and can last longer periods of time and don't necessarily have to be limited to infrequent occurrences of momentary glimpses of uh, understanding that we're not trapped by our own lives. In beginning to formulate that kind of a thought pattern we have to formulate an understanding of a different way of seeing things, a new way of encountering things, and a way that is no longer influenced by the old way of encountering things. So we have two different pulls and two different pushes. You have the pull of the old way of encountering things. You have the moment 
of transcendence when you know what happened, and now you have the new way of creating for yourself a belief system in this transcendence that actually is able to sustain you as opposed to being pulled back by the old way of doing things. This, my brothers and sisters, is called transformation. This is when real change occurs. Because if the real change doesn't maintain itself, then we're constantly pulled back into the old ways. It's an old Sufi in the 12th century. I just read a text. And he said something to the effect um, that prayer without love is the work of old women. Fasting without love is saving money on food. Hajj without love is a touristic experience. If you really want to accomplish something, learn to love. And then that love goes into everything that you do and then you are actually doing those things. Bawa once said, Allah, if you cannot fast from anger during Ramadan, do you really believe Allah needs you to fast from food? The point being that we have to understand our old way of doing things and our new way. And if the new way contains love, that love is a fire that will burn the attempts of the old way to bring us back to where we were. When we are in a state of not loving, we can be in all kinds of problems. But when we are in a state of loving, we can transcend all kinds of problems. The key being our state. And one of the keys to an elevated state is being in love. Being in love with what? Being in love with Allah. Being in love with the understanding of the truth of the Asmal Husna. Being in love with the understanding of what compassion is, what mercy is, and having the understanding that these things are a bomb, B-A-L-M, for existence that soothe all of existence and that soothe us. And when we can move into that space, we can transcend circumstances. If we don't move into that space, then we can't transcend 
circumstances. And we have all kinds of circumstances during the course of our life. We have childhood circumstances, we have adolescent circumstances, we have young adult circumstances, we have workplace circumstances, we have all kinds of difficulties and trials and tribulations and betrayals that have happened to us and that we have participated in. Um, in, in, in the way people form relationships in America, uh, right now it's a sort of catch-as-catch-can uh, fortunate circumstance that you meet somebody that you're compatible with. People try a lot and they spend a lot of effort in trying to form relationships and these relationships break up and when they break up, they leave wounds. And the young people in this country especially need to understand the amount of pain that's caused through these break, broken emotional relationships and how it causes long-term problems. Uh, it causes problems with trust. It causes problems with the ability uh, to be calm about things. It causes trust with the ability to believe that things can be okay. Uh, and part of the problem is that we believe these circumstances that aren't okay are so important to our existence. But when we do that, we forget that we have had transcendent moments that transcended circumstances. Each of us have had difficulties in our lives. Each of us have been betrayed, and many of us have been betrayers. We need to reconcile these moments in our existence. We have to repent from our inappropriate moments, and we have to forgive the inappropriate moments of others against us and somehow reconcile our circumstances because if our circumstances are controlling us, if our circumstances are squeezing us, if our circumstances are containing us, if our circumstances are defining us, then they are the veils that keep us from transcendence because we identify with them in such a great way that we associate with them in such a great way that they don't allow us to break free of them. We should not define ourselves by our circumstances. Um, there was a uh, movie called uh, Delancey Street where a young woman was being courted by a guy in the, worked in a deli and uh, he sold pickles and his hands used to smell from these pickles so every time before he went to see her he used to wash his hands in milk and lemon juice to take the smell away and uh, so she never knew what he did because she didn't smell the pickles and then one day uh, he just told her and then he said, but that's not 
who I am. And we need to know that. We need to know how to wash off the pickle smell, and we need to know that it's not what defines us. We need to get a different definition of who we are. And we need an accurate definition of who we are. Or at the very least, of who we are capable of being. And that's the reason for the sheikh coming into your life. That's the reason for the example being constantly sent by Allah into this world by way of prophets, friends, ketubs of Allah to show us who we truly are. And so that when we see that mirror of who we truly are, we can look at that and peel away everything that isn't that. And in doing that, we drop our veils. Because unless you see the truth, you don't know what the truth is. Unless you're explained the truth, you don't know what the truth is. Without the kind of grace that Allah gives, and without the help that Allah gives, trying to find these things on our own is like a monkey trying to type Shakespeare. The aids have been sent. The people are in this world to help one's people make the the bridge between their circumstances and their transcendence. We need to understand that and we need to focus on that. And that takes determination and certitude that this can be done. And it takes a belief system that we develop now that is stronger than the belief system that we used to have. It is so powerful that it's no longer subject to what we used to believe. As long as we're subject to what we used to believe, we can't transcend. Those used to believes, the old belief system, are the shadows that keep us chained to the illusionary imaginations that are sometimes happy and sometimes sad, sometimes tragic, uh, sometimes overwhelming, uh, that keep us blocked from the truth of Allah's qualities as all there truly is. And until we can break through that, we are going to repeat over and over and over again our old habits, our old emotional responses, and our old ways. Now, that doesn't mean that any of this is easy. And that doesn't mean that any of this happens in a day. I've too often met people who, instead of understanding the fact that there's a journey here and the fact that there has to be personal effort here and there has to be personal effort sometimes of monumental strength uh, here uh, in this modern world 
too many people just want a pill. They want you to give them something that's going to bring them transcendence. And uh, that happened in this country in the 70s. People began to believe in pill transcendence, and a lot of people ended up in uh, insane asylums. Um, as high as you go from one of those kind of induced um, experiences, that's how low you have to go after you're off it. It's not real. What we need to do is to induce God's qualities into ourselves. We need to learn to imbibe mercy and compassion and love. We need to understand their existence. We need to be able to picture mercy in our mind. We have to see mercy with our mind's eye. We need to see how it affects people and how it affects us. We need to see compassion with our mind's eye. We need to see how it affects people and how it affects us. When we are in a state of overwhelming compassion, it's very difficult to hold resentment. When we're in a state of overwhelming compassion, it's very difficult to be angry. And that's why it's called transcendent. These qualities that are Allah's are transcendent because they can't be affected by resentment. They can't be affected by self-loathing. They can't be affected by fear. They can't be affected by all of the qualities that are induced by this world. They're free of them. There's a purity to them that doesn't allow those things even to approach. So if we can become that compassion, then we leave behind the circumstances of torpor. We leave behind the circumstances of fear. We leave behind the circumstances that cause anger. And we find a contentment in our being. Now the Sufi is called the son of the moment, which means he's in the now. He's right here. If we are right here, then our entire past doesn't influence us. And we become free of all of the shadows of our pre-existence. Now what's interesting about it is that's what happens to an Alzheimer's patient. They lose all their memory and they become different. But we're cognizant of all of that, but it doesn't affect us. It's about a holy it's like a holy man who has control over wealth. There have been kings who were holy people, David, Solomon, for instance. They're able to control the worldly nature and work with that and still be transcendent at the same time. This is the dilemma that we're each placed in. We're within the world, yet we need to be not of the world. We need to act like we believe in the world, but truly believe in Allah. 
We need to be able to be in both places, but have the attitude and the understanding of what is maya, what is illusion, and what is the truth. Um, It's a lot to juggle. It's a lot to try and understand. It's a lot to be able to get through. But Allah is merciful and he did not give us anything we couldn't handle. And we can handle it. We just have to believe that we can. It's amazing what the power of belief can do for you. It's amazing the strength that the power of belief can give you. So if you go, I love you, God. I know you love me. And I know you're going to take care of this. And if you can truly enter into that space, then truly things are going to alter. Things are going to change. Things are going to be different. Because fear is no longer there when your faith in God is so strong that he is the resolver of all circumstantial situations. But if we believe that we are the resolvers of circumstantial situations, then immediately we know our own weaknesses. And that's where Satan gets us. He says, you can't do this. You can't do that. You know you can't. Look at all the failures that you've had in your life. Look at all the difficulties that you've had in your life. Look at all the mistakes that you've had in your life. You're going to make these again. Well, Allah sees them and says, all those mistakes, all those failures, all those difficulties, I'm going to burn them away from you. That's not who you are anyway. What you are is something other than that. And I'm going to show you that other. And then you begin to see that other. You begin to see what transcendence means. And what transcendence means is moving from the egocentric, earthly bound self to this transcendent qualities of Allah. And you can't be in the qualities of Allah and be affected by the earthly qualities that keep you attached to Maya. You can't. But you need to know that. You need to have that instilled into your being. It has to become an understanding that's real for you. It has to be a belief system that's real. In uh, early American religious studies, if you see uh, or hear about the uh, preachers in New England, uh, you'll often hear the words fire and brimstone. And those words were used in relationship to the style of preaching, which was to scare you into doing what's right. Well, you can't be scared into doing what's right because fear is not transcendent. And if you're not transcendent, you're not doing what's right. And that's why there's no compulsion 
in religion. It has to come from love. It can't come from fear. And we need to develop that love. We have to conceptualize that love. We have to think about that love. We have to spin that love in our head, in our mind's eye, in our thoughts. We need to become the ones who think and talk about love and who display love in our everyday actions. And that love is the cure for everything. Love is the cure. But love doesn't have betrayal. Love doesn't have attachments. Love doesn't have expectations. Love doesn't need. Love gives. And as long as our love has expectations, has needs, is not unconditional, that love is subject to disappointment. Not because there's something wrong with love, but because we have defined circumstances that are not love with the word love. And it's led to this enormous confusion in our world. We need actually different words for romantic love than real love. We need different words for the love that we have because our desires are fulfilled than for real love. We need to know the difference between them. And until we know the difference between them, we are going to have a world of linguistic confusion that creates veils for our being that keeps us trapped. The big lie. Satan calls loving your car love. Satan created this lie. The truth is, love deals with the truth. Love deals with Allah. Love deals with forgiveness. Love deals with transcendence. And we need to know what that love is. And when we do know what that love is, the shadows will leave us. The transgressions of the past by us and against us will leave us. Our previous interactions that caused us pain and wounds will be healed. But we need to understand that love. And that love has to become of great importance to us. And understanding that has to become of great importance to us. May Allah help us all understand the truth of love. May he help us all transcend into his qualities. And may he make it easy for us. Ameen, ameen. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.